the shoot went really well and uh really really beautiful property right next it's like babbling brook cool teepee setup they had like an outdoor shower and, and bathroom and like fireflies come out at night it was really a magical place but um the the reason i remember this one in particular a lot is again I had no idea how to do videography and i got one of the settings on my camera wrong so i basically shot like it's essentially the entire video, probably 80% of the video at this point. Um, and at least on this camera I had, you know, you're reviewing the footage, like the camera screen, it looks fine. It looks, you know, crisp and high quality. Um, but what I did not know is when I then bumped it out to my laptop, like export the file just to check it real quick. I was excited. It was my first video, like it's going well, let's, let's go baby. And, um, the, the footage was so low quality and blurry. It looked horrible. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Zach here. Okay, a quick announcement and a quick request before we dive into this show. First and foremost, the announcement. We have joined the Hospitality.fm podcast network. This is the largest collection of short-term rental, guest experience, and hospitality podcasts. And we're thrilled that we were invited to join just such an incredible cohort of leaders and innovators and entrepreneurs in the hospitality space. Thanks to Will Slickers, the founder of Hospitality FM, for the invitation to join their network. All right, and now the request. We want to know how to make the show better. So in the show notes below, there's a link. It's a link to a type form. And if you could be so kind as to go into the show notes uh, and complete the survey, it'll help us continue to make the show even better, customizing topics and, and whatnot around the things that you really want to hear about, right? We want to make the show as exciting, as dynamic, as interesting, and ultimately as, as educational as possible. And we can only do that if we know what you think about it. So if you scroll onto the show notes below, for the whole month of January and February here, we're running this survey. If you could be so kind as to take just a few minutes to give me your feedback, I would so, so greatly appreciate it. Again, you can find the link to the survey in the show notes below, or if you're having trouble accessing it for whatever reason, send me an email, Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, and I will get you a link. Thank you all so much for being here, and really excited to continue to double down on the show and, and make it even greater. All right, folks, enjoy today's episode. In just a moment, you'll meet Mike Ionetta, better known as Mike Will Travel, a YouTube creator and hospitality marketing specialist. Mike started his first business at the age of 17. He raised $5,000 on Kickstarter to start what he thought would be the next big board shorts brand. Now, the clothing line didn't quite pan out, but it solidified for Mike that he wanted to spend his career starting and running his own businesses. When Mike was in college, he studied abroad in Europe. And after traveling to a dozen countries over his four months abroad, he came back to the States convinced he had to find a way to travel as close to full-time as possible. So Mike bought a camera and he started messing around with shooting video. And while he didn't know the difference between shooting in 720, 1080, and 4K at the time, in just a few months, Mike would be traveling around the globe documenting his stays at some of the world's most remarkable hotels and Airbnbs. Tune in to hear the story of how Mike started his YouTube channel, how he generated his first 10 million views, and how he's helped Airbnb hosts generate millions of new fans and followers for their homes on Instagram. All right, without further ado, Get ready to meet 
Mike. All right, sir. We're live, dude. How are you doing today, Mike? I am doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm a, a huge fan of the pod. I listen to it uh, all the time when I'm driving to Airbnb shoots. So ah. uh, happy to be chatting with you. So nice, yeah. dude. I I appreciate that. Um, well, that, that that that's an honor. Yeah. Do you um do you have an episode that like you either like really liked or like really hated? <laughs> no. Uh, there there is one that I listened to um off the top of my head. I had, like just shot it like two days prior and oh, then no you released it. So that was kind of funny. It was the Fort Treehouse Co. in uh Canada. Oh, nice. And I had like I just shot it. And then two days later, I was like, oh, this is funny timing. So I listened to that. And also when you have my friend uh Ethan Abbott's on, because him and I are buddies. So it was um kind of cool to hear more about his like early days like his background as we actually definitely have some like i think similarities so nice. those are kind of two that come to mind yeah cool yeah. stuff man yeah ethan's awesome and yeah what they're doing at the fort Trias co is like incredible like i i haven't stayed there yet uh or anything but every you know everything i hear about cam uh cam's story and lauren's story and kind of like what they're doing it's it's just such a cool mission and yeah i guess this is just a shameless plug if you haven't listened to that pod yet go i can't remember that uh episode off the top of my head but go listen to it because i think that what they're trying to do is is super super unique and um you know could be uh replicated in in the states uh for sure so love that man um mm -hmm. so mike one of the one of my favorite things to do to help listeners get to know you a little bit better and get to know the guests that i bring on uh to the show a little bit better is to ask them this question it's it's 5 p.m on a friday night your traditional work week has come to an end what what is mike most likely doing are you sort of like gearing up for a night out are you you know chilling by the fire sipping on a cocktail or are you you know burning the midnight oil what is it what does your typical friday night look like yeah man love it so uh i'm actually based out of mexico city uh at the moment and uh, a big reason I love it down here so much is the food and drink scene is just absolutely insane. Um, I travel to almost 40 countries. And I think it honestly, it beats out like London, Paris, uh, New York, LA, all those spots for me. Also, it's, you know, considerably cheaper, but um, <laughs> yeah, just basically uh, 5 p.m. on a Friday, I'm probably going out to a new like cocktail bar or speakeasy. Uh, with like my friends or my girlfriend and like hitting some uh, some new restaurant up because there's just I can live here the rest of my life. And I still probably barely scratch the surface. So uh, definitely a big foodie. And I, I like cocktails. So that's probably where I'd be. Dude, I love it. Um, On that note, I have not been to Mexico City yet, but it's been on my list for like the past couple of years because likewise, I've been hearing from all my buddies like, dude, this is this is the spot. Uh, and my wife and I she like we we love she introduced me to like you know fine dining i grew up where we like had no money uh -huh, like going uh -huh. out was like you know the drive through at mcdonald's and like we'd go through the drive through at mcdonald's and we could each order like two things off the dollar menu growing up like that's that's you know that's how it. i grew up right my wife um was a little bit different and so she anyway so since uh we've been together she's introduced me to like the dc food scene um, mm. which, which is actually also kind of, I, I would say like an underrated food scene now that, um, yeah. you know, traveled around a bit and tried a number of restaurants, but DC, DC has got some uh, good spots as well. However, the people that I respect most in my like network of friends who are foodies, everyone says Mexico city is their top. So I, I gotta make it out there, man. It is, it is, man. It's, it's the rankings also speak as well. Like you'll find actually some of the top ranked bars and restaurants in the world 
are in Mexico City, which which is which is pretty wild. Like I'm going to the number nine restaurant, I think, with my friends next week, and nice. to this other place called Pujol. So it's not just about the ranking. Some of my personal favorite is still just you know kind of holding the walls and exploring things. But um, yeah, you'll you'll have a blast. So come down. I'll, I'll show you around. I'll give you a list of recs, man. So uh, so make it happen. I come will, through. dude. I, I'm excited. And actually, I, I've got friends who are in um, who actually just moved down there. So um, I have a, another excuse to, to get down there. So love it. There we go. Well, there dude, we I, go. I am super pumped for this conversation because I've been following you for a while um, and you do the thing that I wish I could do, which is go to all these cabins, <laughs> shoot these incredible videos of, of you know, top rated Airbnbs uh, around the world. Um, and so I want to dive into kind of your story, understand a little bit more about how you got started. I came to kind of know this space actually through Levi Kelly's videos is kind of how I first fell in love with the space. And so yeah, I think he's, you know, been a early pioneer here, but you've, you've, uh, you and several other folks are, are just crushing it right now. And so I, I want to talk about the business side of it. I want to talk about the kind of like the personal side of it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But first I thought it would be fun to just kind of hear the story behind your very first stay in an Airbnb. Like, where did you go? What was the stay like? And and what what if anything do you remember about it? Sure, sure. So I think the the first ever ever one to be a little tough so it was so long ago. But I do remember the first one for my YouTube channel, okay. which is which is a funny one. Um, so this one was probably two years ago, maybe a little bit more than that. It was called uh, Bellfire Farm. So it's up in the Catskills, uh, okay. about two hours from New York City, kind of an off-grid uh, glamping village. And I shot uh, one of their teepee listings. So it was a teepee uh, tucked away in the woods, uh, run by this really sweet couple, um, Mina, who was uh, one of the hosts, um, really amazing. And I had no idea what I was doing at this at this stage. I'm completely self-taught videographer. Okay. Um, I like no idea how to edit, how to use a camera stabilizer. I, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I don't know why she hosted me. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I came up there. So really sweet couple. Um, she, cause again, it's off grid. She like dragged like the world's longest, uh, power set extension cord all the way, like through the woods to the TP practically. So I could charge my drone batteries more. Cause I was stupid. And I brought like one battery or something. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, the shoe went really well and, uh, really, really beautiful property, right? It's just like babbling brook, cool TP setup. They had like an outdoor shower and, and bathroom and like fireflies come out at night. It was re- really a magical place. But, um, the, the reason I remember this one in particular a lot is again, I had no idea how to do videography and I got one of the settings on my camera wrong. Oh, so God. I basically shot like it's essentially the entire video, probably 80% of the video at this point. Um, and at least on this camera I had, you know, you're reviewing the footage, like the camera screen, it looks fine. It looks, you know, crisp and high quality. Um, but what I did not know is when I then bumped it out to my laptop, like export the file just to check it real quick. I was like, excited. It was like my first video, like it's going well, let's, let's go baby. And, um, that the footage was so low quality and blurry. It looked horrible. <laughs> and it was because I had set it for some reason to like 720p, oh, you know, no. video quality. Even so I know, even like, I know that that's terrible. I know yeah. nothing about video, but 720, yeah. man, that's rookie stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to give you reference, I shoot in 4K now, which is four times the resolution. And so I look at, I'm just like, crap like i i can't release this so i i had to basically like i just scrambled and like some of the shots like were darker it was was, like getting dark i also didn't know about shutter i was a total rookie uh, (laughs) but i just basically kind of redid a lot of the shots i already did like super super quickly the video was still okay um but uh definitely learned to to check my camera settings uh, on that one so 
That was a fun one. Dude, that is memorable. Did the did the host like say anything like when they saw the footage and the video? Like like was it was there enough stuff where it was like, oh no, it still came out fine, or or was there was it was that it, a little it, rough? it still came out fine yeah. it uh I, I was just very rushed to finish it like i think the video probably could have been like a little bit longer if yeah. i had, like you know done it correctly in the first place but from what i actually released it was you know at least i guess what 1080p or whatever i had at that time yeah um or it, it was better so I, I barely slipped by and i think the hosts they invited me back to eventually shoot okay, the tiny there you home go. so there you i go. think i think they liked me enough so i can't i came back eventually so you live and yeah. you learn you live and you learn um yeah that, that's gotta be so stressful man Hey everybody, Zach here. So I've got to tell you about this new company I recently stumbled upon called The Host Co. And why I think if you're a short-term rental host, you should go and sign up as soon as you finish listening to this podcast. So as many of you know, my wife Gabby and I spent the last year and a half living full-time in Airbnbs. We like to call ourselves professional Airbnb guests. Now, we were fortunate enough to stay in some of the most incredible homes across the states. I'm talking French cottages in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, to Scandinavian cabins in the Pacific Northwest. But one of the amenities we often discussed that was missing from the places we stayed was something like a mini bar. You know, so that you can snack on some popcorn after one too many margaritas on Taco Tuesday, or so that you can treat yourself to some M&Ms on cheat day. We thought we had just stumbled upon the idea that was gonna make us millions, but then we did some Googling, and that's when we stumbled upon the incredible folks at The Host Co, who were building the mini bar for Airbnb hosts and then some. The Host Co enables short-term rental hosts to build their own storefronts and to offer amenities like late night snacks, massages, fresh flowers, grocery delivery, in-home shopping, and much, much more. The Host Co makes it easy for guests to augment their stay with the products and services that they need, and it makes it easy for STR hosts to make up to an additional $10,000 in ancillary revenue on each rental. Hosts keep 93% of all sales, and the Host Co takes care of all guest receipts, sales tax, payouts to you and to your vendors. You can create your free store today by visiting thehost.co. And if you do, be sure to tell them that your friends over at Behind the Stays sent you their way. Finally, for a limited time, you can use the promo code BTS30 and get $30 back after your first sale. So head on over to thehost.co, tell them your friends at Spontaneous and Behind the Stays sent you their way. Uh, Mike, what like what did you want to be when you were growing up? Like how like I'm always interested in like these like YouTubers and these these creative folks who who've kind of built these massive followings, who are doing really cool things, they're traveling around the world. And I'm like, what What were you like as like a child? Like, did you dream of being <laughs> being a YouTuber? Like, what was what what held your attention as a kid? Yeah. So the earliest thing I can remember, so it changed a lot, to be honest, growing up um, was actually an architect. Ah. So, um, yeah, I just I don't remember going to like New York City and see these tall buildings and skyscrapers and stuff like that. And I think I also remember we um, renovated the home I grew up in. I don't know when I was like 10 or 12 or something like that. I had this very vivid memory of this, this um, big architect coming over to our house, like spreading the huge plans to the future home, like over the dining table and like looking at the grass and this, and I was like, bro, I was like, this is, this is kind of cool. Wow. Um, eventually the older I got, you very quickly realized that you have to go to like another, like what, five years on top of your bachelor's to get your 
I'm probably wrong, but you have to go to a lot of school like to get architectures, you know, license or degree, whatever. Um, I'm also like pretty average at math. Like I'm decent. Like I <laughs> like I I can you know run my business and do my numbers, but like the math requires just like I don't know about this. So um, after that, kind of the running joke then for a while um, is I actually played uh, the drums for about ten years. Oh wow! Um, I like played the drum set and I was like drum captain in my high school. I also played soccer and. At least probably more middle school, earlier days of high school, I like thought I was going to be like a, a professional soccer player and a drummer. And the joke my parents would always make is that I would, you know, be the soccer player, play the game at the halftime show. I would play the halftime show by playing the drums at the halftime show and then run back and play the second half of the game. That was always <laughs> like the, the like running joke in my family. Um, Did you ever, some of the were you days. ever able to do that in high school or no? No. no. Um, that would have been, that would have been cool. I was, I was close because yeah, high school is crazy. Cause yeah, I, um, I had to play both like soccer, uh, and, uh, like, you know, band at the same time, there was one, a couple instances where I would like play a soccer game, like, it, like the whole soccer game and like run right over to like the next field and then like do some band or, you know, play the halftime show. So not exactly like that, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. pretty close. Dude, that's I just awesome. wasn't a professional. <laughs> I was in high school, but uh, yeah. so, so how do you get into like photography and, and videography then? Like what's, what's the story there? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> excuse me, I'll try and, um, condense this as much as I can. It's a long story. So, I would say my my entrepreneurial bug started my like senior year of high school. Okay. I actually uh, I launched a, a clothing brand with a buddy of mine. Really, uh, it's funny is I know e- I know Ethan did something similar, and a lot of my friends. I kind of feel like my generation. That's like you know the the badge of honor as entrepreneurs. Like you have to launch a you know a clothing you know, line, silly you know, streetwear clothing line. Uh, and mine was super super cringe. Um, Ethan had a far superior name. Mine was awful. Um, but my was what was called, your name? Uh, it was called pineapple short and board. Pineapple short and board, as opposed to like board shorts, short and board. What, yeah, was it, was it board like shorts? Half clo- it was board shorts okay. and uh, like you know kickboards. I my I don't know what you call it. My friend was the skater guy, but basically my my business partner he like this kid really looked like Justin Bieber. Um, he had like the flow, the, the, the blonde hair and everything. But anyways, he designed the products. I did like the more business marketing side. Um, and that eventually this was like, I guess my junior or senior year of high school summer, uh, we did a Kickstarter campaign and we actually raised about $5,000 in a Kickstarter campaign. Nice. Um, so at the age of like 17, 18, I was like, this is actually like kind of cool. Like I built something tangible. Like I kind of caught the entrepreneurial bug. Um, but fast forward to more relevant to what I'm doing now, um, you know, college university, I held a bunch of internships, uh, launched a bunch of failed companies. I was like, at this uh, tech startup that was like on Shark Tank at one point, and I had an old uh, like mobile development agency. I had a bunch of Jeez. random stuff, just testing what I was good at, what I wasn't good at. Um, but actually, what really you know transformed me what I'm doing now is actually my study abroad um, semester when I was in university. Okay. Uh, so I went to to Fordham University in New York City, and my junior year summer I did uh, an exchange in London. And um, I can't remember exactly where I got the idea from, but this is kind of the early, early days of like working with uh, influencers. Um, I hate that term, by the way. We're going to call them creators. 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 Because that, that fun, lovely influencer stigma. Um, but uh, I basically just got really good at pitching and selling to get free hotel stays. Um, 
all throughout Europe. And the way I differentiate myself is just being like, Hey, I'll come and take photos of like your pool. Yeah. It's just like, they get 50 of those requests a day, especially the, the best places. Um, it's actually my background's really in marketing. I got a, a digital marketing way before I did uh, YouTube or anything content related. And so I pitch these hotels but like, Hey, um, not only will I just do the usual, you know, photo marketing package everyone else is doing, um, I'll sit down with you and do a free marketing consultation. Um, and huh. that was just like, refreshing and like different for, I got like literally had owners and marketing directors tell me like, look, like you're a breath of fresh air. Cause all these other people are just like, just here to get likes and, you know, take bikini photos and yeah. the, the pool. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so basically what that resulted in, I was able to travel basically every single week uh, throughout uh, my semester abroad to a different country. Cause also wow. it's like, study abroad class are a joke. We had classes twice a week. Um, it's, it's Europe. So you, you hop on a $20 Ryanair flight and you can be to a different country the next hour. Um, so, and then the hotels were free. So I was yeah. able to go, I had like three or four of my buddies, um, every week we're going to different spots. I probably went to like, I don't know, 10, maybe 12 countries and caught the travel blog. I also started to build my, um, marketing agency, which I still have today. So, um, that's um kind of phase one. Now okay. I hop forward like to like now YouTube stuff. Um, it eventually you know then kind of rolled over more into Airbnbs and like YouTube, and um that kind of um cultivated by just just meeting some amazing people. Um the the guy that got me into YouTube in the first place was this um this great dude uh Bobby Brisky. He goes by the YouTube name uh Living Bobby. Okay. Um great dude, one of my good friends, and he has like. I don't know, 2 million subs now. Um, He crushes the YouTube game. And I just like was always inspired by him. I met him on a whim at a networking event in New York City because my uh, one of my college buddies' cousins like introduced us. It was some like just, you know, kind of crazy out of nowhere. Anyways, we met. Um, he inspired me again to YouTube. We, we ended up reconnecting later um, in, uh, in Bali two years ago when I had even spoken to him in a couple months and he happened to be staying at the hotel right next to me. No way. Um, so we, uh, kind of reconnected on that. Um, and I, um, we ended up shooting some videos together in the very early days and I just like saw him shoot and just how like fun it was and how like, you know, it just, it just seemed like a really fun gig. Um, fast forward to more Airbnbs and, uh, and Levi actually had, um, uh, definitely an impact on this. Um, and, uh, yeah, Levi is also another, another great dude just catch up with him yesterday, actually. Um, and, uh, my actually first concept for my channel was actually unique hotels. Huh. So it was not Airbnbs. Okay. Um, because this, this, so this had to be like, uh, late 2019, kind of right before COVID. Okay. And I did a whole, um, trip to Scandinavia, you know, Norway and Finland mostly, uh, because for my research, uh, there's a lot of like ice hotels up there. just like really kind of unique, wacky, um, hotels that yeah. regions, uh, you know, really known for it. But, uh, after the end of a, about a two, three week trip, um, I learned, uh, some lessons very quickly. Um, First of all, extremely expensive to, to travel, especially to Scandinavia. I picked like the most expensive region in the world. Be like, I'm gonna go through <laughs> some videos and like pick the most expensive region. So and, and very, sorry, very Mike, expensive. Mike, just just to clarify, yeah. this was this particular trip. This was like not a you weren't getting these places for free. This was like, hey, let me go shoot these hotels and build up my YouTube, and then eventually maybe spin mm -hmm. it off. Or, or or were like your your stays covered at this point. So they were, they were free. They were okay. covered. They were covered. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. They just were Just everything covered. else about um, getting there and food and all that yeah. stuff is just ridiculously expensive. Yeah. 
Yeah. Rental cars, especially because we had to have a car because it's very spread out. Okay. And when you do that for like almost three weeks, um, that adds up very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, but good, good question. Um, but yes. Um, so I should have about four or five hotels, but yeah, learned again, um, very expensive. Also like logistically, you know, you have to like constantly coordinate the hotel. Okay. I want to shoot this experience, or I need to get access to like this room or that it's just like so much back and forth versus like an Airbnb. Now I just, you know, I get in, I shoot it in like four or five hours and I'm done. Yeah. Um, so I basically, I'm literally sitting in this, um, igloo in, uh, in like Norway or Finland, something like that at the end of the trip. And I'm just like very quickly realizing like five videos shot. I hadn't even released anything. Like this is just like me shooting it. I'm like, this isn't going to work. Like this, <laughs> this, this, YouTube model um, is going to make me go broke. And I'm not sure the videos are even like going to go viral. So I had a lot of fun shooting them while this is not a scalable business model. Um, and so then what got me in the Airbnbs is uh, again, right before COVID, I was actually about to be South America for a couple of months. Always wanted to go down there. And I was like looking at Airbnbs in, uh, in Colombia at the time. And uh, this is when Airbnb had just come out with like some of the unique filters, like the uh, tiny home filter. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, that was, a uh, that was a big one. And so when I was like looking in Columbia, like tiny homes, some of the unique, I was like, wait, like this seems really like, why am I not shooting Airbnbs? And, uh, and so when I then immediately went on YouTube, I typed an Airbnb tour, uh, our friend, Mr. Levi Kelly came up and he had like 30,000, maybe 40,000 subs at this time. And I was like, this guy's doing it. Why can't I do this? You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was kind of off to the races uh, after that. So sorry, that was very long. Uh, no, that, that was <laughs> I awesome. My best, but no, yeah, dude, yeah. I love it. That was that was a uh, that was fantastic. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. So you have this idea, you say, hey, I'm going to go shoot some unique hotels. It, eventually that kind of pivots into, oh, hey, maybe just logistically, it's a lot easier. Uh, let, less hoops jump mm -hmm. through, less people to talk to, less things to have to plan, less people, quite frankly, just in the way. Why don't I just kind of pivot this this dream and 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 focus more on on Airbnbs and, and other short term rentals? Um, so mm -hmm. so that, that's awesome. So. I'm curious, like you, you see, you know, Levi, he's, you know, ranking well for these Airbnb tours. I, again, I, I don't, there are definitely more of you, uh, uh, creators, uh, than, than there have been before, but I, I still feel like it, it's still pretty niche, at least the people that are doing it well. Right. So, so mm -hmm. at what point in time do you realize like there's, this is like a real 
business. And so you're getting you're getting like free stays. Your stays are getting comped. But like at what point in time? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's one thing, right? And I, this podcast sometimes I get invited to come out and you know do in person interviews, which is always amazing. I love it. And you know, folks will say, "Hey, come stay mm-hmm. at my place for free. We'll have a beer. We'll do. We'll have a coffee, whatever it is, and and we'll do the the interview live." And I I love that. But you know, it's nice to have a free place to stay. It's still you know expensive to get to wherever I'm you know trying to get to. I, I'm not being paid for the interview, you know, all, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's one thing again to be able to travel for free. It's quite another to be able to like build a business in this space. So talk to us a little bit about sure. at what point in time you realize, hey, there's there's enough momentum here to actually like build a business, and and how do you do that? Sure, sure, love it. So um, I think when I realized that was when kind of my first uh, video went viral, which was um, I got pretty lucky. in the early stages. I shot this A frame in the Poconos. Okay, it's probably like my seventh or eighth something video I ever shot. So pretty, pretty early on. And uh, with like a week of releasing it, it, it just took off. Um, I think that video is sitting around like 900, almost a million views now. Jeez. Um, and uh, yeah, th- th- that very quickly got me into the YouTube partner program. This is still like, I had maybe a thousand subscribers, like very, very early stages. Um, that quickly got me into the uh, partner program and I was able to monetize my channel. Um, and I started making some AdSense money from that. So okay. I was like, oh, I just upload a video and like, you know, this, I'm getting paid now. This is, this is pretty cool. Um, so that was definitely the earliest stages. And then um, I think um, I kind of just use the same exact model I did for hotels, you know, when it comes to, uh, I stay there for free. And then again, I would do the like marketing consultations if they were a good fit and I'd upsell them on like paid ongoing work. Yeah. It's why I really love this model. I still do this today. Now I'm just mostly focused on Airbnbs. It's still a couple hotel clients, but I'm like, we were focused on Airbnbs. Um, just use the same exact model. I, I would go out, shoot these Airbnbs, still do today. Um, and I'm like picky now who I, I work with on the marketing, but um, if they fit the criteria, then the relationship's already there. It's like, hey, I've already stayed at your place. I shot this cool video that I hope you enjoyed. Uh, we've spoken already. Um, here's a, you know, a free marketing audit without yeah. them even asking. They yeah. almost never ask. Um, I'm just like, hey, here's a rundown on your, your website, your Instagram, your SEO, these work, this and that. Um, and just um, once I started to get some more paid clients now, but more on the Airbnb side, I was like, I can scale this up and just like, you know, the sky's the limit. So, wow. So, yeah. so, so to clarify too, basically what you've done is you've spun up this, this like marketing agency around kind of your, your core clients um, mm-hmm. whose places you've stayed at and, and, and shot. Yeah, correct. Correct. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's super cool. And, um, I, I don't know that a lot of people like would necessarily know that if they were following you on Instagram or YouTube. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think that mm-hmm. this model is super interesting. And I want to understand a little bit more about like the kind of services that you're offering, you're offering Airbnb hosts. Cause I think one of, one of the things that I've learned, um, as I've talked with folks is I've had the opportunity to talk to lots of folks who've done a really great job at like building their Instagram following, like 10, 20, 30, mm-hmm. you know, 50, 100,000 followers for like their cabin, right? Which is amazing. Sure. Like that's, that's, you know, that's, that's hard to do, especially today. Um, but they, they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily know marketing beyond posting beautiful photos on Instagram, maybe mm-hmm. crafting a mm-hmm. reel, right? And 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 so much is still left up to to the algorithm at the end of the day, right? Um sure. and, and so I, I'm curious like what are what are some of the things that you help your your clients do kind of like beyond building building their their Instagram following? Like are there marketing um tips and tricks or or whatnot um that you'd recommend mm-hmm. 
folks who've already built an audience should be employing if, if they're not already? Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. So yeah, I mean, a few things I do. So yes, I do do the usual like Instagram, social media management thing. Um, of course, like that's still um, very important. But other things that are probably not as common uh, or my strategy hey, Mike, um, is Mike, what I call. Real fast, I think you I think you cut out for a hot second there. Um, do me a favor, no just, just answer the marketing question again. Okay, okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, man. So, um, a few things that I offer. So yes, I do do the usual, like kind of social media management. Um, you know, what you just discussed before, of course, uh, but some things I do differently or just in addition that may not be as common. Uh, I do do like some paid advertising. That's, uh, very, very crucial and kind of my overarching concept or, you know, style of marketing is something I just kind of coined as like content based marketing. Yeah. Um, content is king. And so, uh, I have a great network where I know how to find the right people to like very consistently bring in creators who, you know, are also a good fit. There's plenty of big, you know, people out there have like a million followers and this and that. Um, but they may not know how to shoot cabin Airbnb specific content and they may have an audience, even if it's a million followers, it's just, no one's going to stay at, you know, the host cabin. It's just, they're just not a good fit. Um, so yeah, so the kind of influencer creator marketing, um, you know, is very crucial, but Something else that I was going to mention this more later, but um, is very crucial. And I like just got back from the Airbnb conference. This is kind of what everybody is talking about now in the marketing space um, is direct bookings. Yeah. Uh, is, is you really want to go beyond just like an Instagram following. And then, they, yeah, Instagram, that's cool. That's great. But hey, you could get your account banned tomorrow. I've seen the silliest things happen. Like people get banned or get hacked for like the, the, the stupidest reason for all of everything, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. Um, so really building a proprietary, you know, item, you know, yeah. asset you can have like a website, an email list uh, is so crucial. And, and that's, what's really setting um, apart these like a lister hosts and businesses these days. Um, so I could touch kind of more like in trends and stuff like that later, but like really just building a brand beyond just like Airbnb or Instagram is, is really crucial. Really, yeah. really crucial. Dude, I'm so glad you brought that up. And, and you know, we've talked about this a lot on this show. And I think like uh, it, it it's hard for me when I see hosts that do that, like have these massive followings and they're like, yeah, but like, you know, it's just it's easier to just do Airbnb. And like, you know, it, that's it, it's everyone's choice. But again, the day there's some, you know, lock up the day that all of a sudden things change dramatically. Airbnb is kind of pricing strategies. Mm-hmm. They decide to change like we're going into. Uh, not so uh, hot times economically ahead, like businesses, mm-hmm. tech companies, right? Especially public ones are going to be forced to rethink and, and reevaluate sort of like yeah. how their pricing strategies work and whatnot. And, um, you know, that, that could have a huge bearing on hosts, you know, percentages could increase to five, 10, you know, 15%, 25%, right? Cuts, which, you know, God forbid they do, but like that, that's, that's totally outside of your control, especially if you've built up a brand, which is so hard to do. Like Airbnb is an incredible mm-hmm. platform to launch and to get started, right? And to get those first reviews. It's got high trust um, with with guests, right, in, in the space. But I do think like if you're mm-hmm. serious about building a brand, then you should also be serious about building a business. And I feel like that's what often gets yes. lost. Um, yes. Otherwise, what's the point? Like what's the point in having 50,000 followers on Instagram where you're doing all this stuff if you're not actually trying to 
you know, grow, grow a business, um, simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and, and if you don't know how to convert those 50,000 people into bookings, then it's just, what's the point? Yeah. Likes and followers are cool, but like, you know, gotta pay the bills, man. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you don't have to pay the bills, that's, you know, I guess you're, you're, that's a different, it's a different <laughs> category. Um, I've been, I've talked to a few hosts actually who are like, yeah, like I lose money on my Airbnb like every year. And I'm like, oh wow. Okay. Interesting. That's like a, that must huh. be nice. It must, it must be nice to be able to afford to do that, right? Um, uh, so anyways, but okay, talk to, I wanna hear a little bit more about your creative process because I, I've watched your videos, they're awesome. How do you approach your your shoots? Like, do you, do you sort of like have the same method for each place that you stay at? Is it, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm gonna arrive at this time, during golden hour, we're gonna do this, you know, like how, how do you think about mm-hmm. approaching a shoot? Yeah, I love it, man. So I kind of split into like two different parts. One is just the actual like um, scheduling the shoot or like find the places to shoot. So um, seasonality is is definitely a big thing. Now that I've done this for two years, um, I think I, I've got it under wraps, but um, like I really sucked at like timing fall foliage. I would yeah. always miss it or like come before or after or something. Gotten better at that. Or like I go to like certain parts of the country where like, you know, I, I thought for some, I thought for some reason I went to like Minnesota, like Midwest area and like March, I was like, Oh, it's, it's spring. I'm sure it'll be all green and, and beautiful. And like, everybody who's from the Midwest is laughing at me right now. I'm like, I, I deserve it. Um, horrible decision, complete mud season. Like just like everything looked just horrendous. Um, the videos, the thumbnails, like, Oh, so uh, yeah. So for starters, it's, it's planning around things like, okay, going to certain parts of the country or the world at certain times of the year. So I have good conditions. Um, also keeping in mind as well, um, the time of the year, like when the sun sets, when the sun rises, because later in the year, especially in some colder parts of the country, the sun sets at like four or 5 PM. Yeah. Like it's, and if it, it, the check-in times yeah. are like three <laughs> or 4 PM, I just, I'm not even going to come. Like I just, I have what, 10 minutes to shoot on the first day. And like, I'm staying for one night. Like I can't shoot a video, um, you know? So that's very, very crucial. I learned the hard way um, when it comes to actually, okay, I'm on ground. I'm there at the shoot. Um, there are definitely a few things I do with almost everyone um, for starters. This is kind of a weird one, but I almost always shoot uh, a bathroom first huh. in these Airbnbs. I do this for a few reasons. One, obviously, if I have to use the bathroom, I, I don't want to have to keep shuffling things around. I can dump <laughs> my stuff in there. Um, but I also kind of use it as like a gear room. So I can then just, you know, because all bathrooms obviously have like doors, they're private. I can then just toss all of like my camera gear, like quickly, you know, move in and out of the bathroom, get a new, you know, camera battery or this or that versus like having like run out to like my car or like, you know, somewhere outside. Um, another reason I do that is, uh, most bathrooms is getting their private is like, they either have like no windows or like one small window. Ah. So the lighting is, is typically the worst in bathrooms. It's always like the darkest there. Um, so I try to always shoot the bathroom or any other, um, darker areas of the air, be like a loft maybe, or maybe just something that just doesn't have a lot of windows. And I try to shoot that, um, you know, first, um, before, cause that's going to get the darkest, the quickest. So those are, those are a few things I would say. Um, uh, and then, yeah, it really just comes down to the conditions. Um, you know, I, I try to obviously, yeah, do the best shots, the exterior shots, um, you know, around golden hour, uh, and like sunrise, I try to always finish the interior, um, as soon as possible so I can move my stuff in. I have to worry about, you know, my gear being in the, the shots and stuff like that. Um, and so I try to always like push for like an early check-in time, like yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. So those are a few things. That's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Are, are you at a point where, are you still, do you still reach out to most people and say, hey, I'd love to come do this like 
uh, uh, video tour of your place? Or are people reaching out to you? Like, talk to us a little bit about um, the the balance between properties that you strategically sort of target versus people that come in mm-hmm. and find you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I do definitely get lots of inquiries. Um, most of them I don't usually move forward with because yeah. um, you know they have to be unique. Obviously, they have to be able to fit on my channel and perform well for for both parties. Um, but I also, you know, I'm definitely a planner. I've always been a planner even before Airbnb. You know, I try to shoot Airbnbs in like close proximity to each other. So you know, I also save on stuff like gas, and it's just a good use of my time. So unless like you know five amazing unique Airbnbs all within like a ten mile radius, you know reach out to me at the same time. Um, I don't usually plan a trip just for like uh, an inbound inquiry. Um, sometimes I'll like, you know, I'll save it. If it's a cool place, just be like, Hey, you know, I might be there in six months or later in the year, maybe. Um, but I really never go out of my way just for one Airbnb. I have yeah. to do something pretty insane to like fly all the way out just for one place. Um, but I'd say about like 90, 95% of my um, outreach is is outbound you know reaching out to the unique you know spots and like say joshua tree or pacific northwest or texas or whatever so yeah yeah yeah. okay that's awesome dude um and and that's that's actually cool to hear like i i have always wondered with you know the you and levi's of the world it's like you guys are showcasing Mm -hmm. these like remarkable places um i bet these places get hit up all the time like how do you guys you know, I, I wonder how, mm-hmm. how often, um, I was curious about like if, if any of them are reaching out to you or if you're, you're still kind of doing a lot of that, that, that initial outreach and saying, Hey, here's, you know, this is who I am. Here's my channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whatnot. Cause, cause again, I, I imagine the, the, I, I, Isaac French, who I'm sure you've heard of or, yeah, or you know, I've shot his like, spots. okay, okay. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, so yeah. he, he and I met, um, uh, earlier, I guess last year. Um, and it's kind of, kind of a really funny story of how, how we all, how we met, but, um, he, um, when I was talking with him about just kind of like his strategy, he's, you know, worked with a lot of influencers and and creators to help grow uh, Live Oak Lake. And he says like, he just gets hit up constantly now. He's like, and like while, literally while I was there, I was interviewing him actually in person while I was there interviewing him, like his phone was just like buzzing. And he was like showing me, he's like, Hey, here's another like DM. (laughs) Here's another like, you know, cold outreach from somebody wanting to come stay and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, so, you know, it's, it's remarkable that you're booked out so far in advance. Um, and you know, just a, just a cool Testament to what you've built, dude. I I do want to hear a little bit about sort of like how you've thought about growing your YouTube and, and Instagram following a lot of the folks that tune into this podcast, as I mentioned before, they're serious about building, you know, their brands and their businesses. Um, any, any sort of like pro tips or, or, or hacks or lessons you've learned along the way around how to, how to cultivate an audience on these platforms? Yeah, man. So um, I guess I'll start with Instagram first. So something that's really huge is collaboration posts. Um, Cause just basically uh, if you're not familiar collaboration posts, basically it shows uh, a photo, a reel, a carousel on both, uh, both of the accounts it's, it's between two accounts. So say, you know, if you and I, you know, the spontaneous, um, you know, account were to do a post together, it would show up on both spontaneous, uh, the spontaneous feed and the Michael travel feed. So basically yeah. it's like giving you almost an entirely new audience, like getting you in front of new people. Um, so that's really um, crucial. So I suggest doing that for Airbnb hosts uh, with any creators that you work with, especially the bigger following, be like if they shot content for you. Um, it's, I think, a win-win for both sides. But the other one that people don't do as frequently um, is reaching out to any feature pages. Uh, there are so many tiny home, cabin, Airbnb, hotel travel feature pages. 
uh, and reach out to them. We'd be like, hey, we'll love to do some collaboration posts. Some of them will charge, some of them will not. They just like your content. Um, it's just a numbers game, really. And then also just doing kind of more base, like the destination. I mean, there's pages for all over the place, Ohio to, you know, more states and, you know, regional to overarching, like, you know, countries and regions. Um, so this has done really well for me because I have um, a couple of pages you may see on my Instagram called uh, Best Airbnb and Cabin Vision, yeah. which are run by a, a buddy of mine. Um, and they have this massive, uh, you know, Instagram network of like 200 something accounts. And I, I lost track, like 40, 50 million, something crazy. Uh, but they just basically only run feature pages. Um, so again, uh, reach out to them, but make sure it's a good fit for your audience. Like if you're based in, you know, whatever, Florida, don't reach out to like uh, Washington state one, sure. or if you have, you know, just a tiny, only have tiny homes, don't reach out to like a host. So make sure it's a good fit. Um, so that's definitely kind of one that's good. And then this, I think at this point probably goes without saying, but like invest in reels content. Um, because I mean, Instagram is very sad to say, but it is a video platform. I think we've known that now for a while. Um, that pains me to say it, but um, literally the head of Instagram said that a couple months or weeks ago. Um, so, so reels are supreme. And I think reels, it's also great because you can then cross post that as well to YouTube shorts, to TikTok. Um, you know, it can, that you, you film one reel, it can exist across multiple different platforms. So um, that's kind of two Instagram things. Yeah. Um, also do, um, do not sleep on TikTok. Honestly, um, I've grown my own TikTok and I see other people doing, um, you can grow so much, so, so, so much quicker on TikTok than you can Instagram and, and YouTube. And, um, the algorithm there is so powerful and you could just post like a silly video and get like 5 million views overnight. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. I once had a client um, that I still do marketing for. We had this girl come and we didn't even know she was like, a, like she wasn't even really a TikToker. She just kind of filmed like a funny, like fun, you know, iPhone video with like her friends. And the video blew up. I got 1.5 million views on TikTok and his treehouse got booked out for literally six months straight from one TikTok. Jeez, so, dude. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, story, it's stories like that where you're just like, dang. Like, and like for all the skeptics out there, like I, I, it's, it's crazy when it does go viral the and it's not even like short-term impact i think one, one of the problems with like how i think not even problems like misunderstandings that a lot of folks have is like okay maybe there's like a one-hit wonder where like that video does go viral and i get like this huge increase in traffic for like 24 hours and then it totally like you know peters out my experience of you know working with folks who've had content go go viral is that that content continues to perform for them days and weeks yes. and oftentimes even months after it initially quote unquote like went viral. So I think that that's that's also helpful to keep in mind too. Is it's not just like a one hit wonder, uh, even though that might be the video that you know gets the most views and your other videos might not uh, come near to that one point five mil. It, that that 1.5 mil is again is not a one hit wonder. It can still yield results for you weeks and months uh, mm -hmm. down the road. Yeah, no, that that's so true. Kind of building on the whole like you know content library as well. People just go and see. Oh, he's you know shot a hundred TikToks, hundred like people are more like willing to um, convert and actually follow you if you have a larger library of content than just say like five TikTok or something. Um, I think then for for YouTube, which I know you also asked yeah. about. Um, it really just comes down to, to researching man and having a plan. I know it sounds simple, but so many YouTubers I know, or, or, or like very early stage wannabe YouTubers, that'll be me, but it's true. Um, we'll just run out with the camera and just kind of do a vlog and mess around and hope it goes viral. Like it's not that easy. This yeah. isn't, you know, the day you're one of YouTube anymore. So a few things I do, I mean, one, um, 
making sure the type of Airbnb, there have been like other similar videos that have like popped off before I put my own spin on it, like make sure it has like some viral potential. Um, some types of Airbnbs, I won't say it because I don't make anybody mad or sad, uh, just do not perform on YouTube. Like yeah. no, no matter how cool or insane, just when you have the keyword of this type, it just, it, they just don't work. Like I've, I've spoken to Levi about it and like we have like a list of like avoid these types. They just don't work. Oh, you got to um, tell us, man. You got to uh, tell us. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make people too sad and okay. we'll get, I'll get Levi in trouble too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. No, I, I, um, I trust you on but, that one. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's, it's stuff like that. Also, um, title and thumbnail are so important. I mean, you can have the world's most amazing video and edit it for 100 hours and it's like you're going to crush it. But um, if your thumbnail is like a screenshot and your title is like my Airbnb tour in Ohio, like yeah. it's going to bump. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really kind of planning uh, where you're going to have the thumbnail beforehand. So I'll kind of like really look over the listing photos, be like, okay, here's two or three potential um, spots. And even sometimes like his thumbnails, I, personally, my favorite part of YouTube is probably thumbnails. I love thumbnails, you know, finding out the angle. And then I have a thumbnail guy and him and I will work back and forth like to really optimize it and just make sure it really pops. Uh, but even in, like when it's dark out or if it's like slightly raining, like bad conditions just to shoot the actual video, I'll still like get my drone up or my camera and like, you know, fool around in the bushes or here or there to, to find the thumbnail so that when the conditions are good the next morning, I can just boom, pop it in like five seconds. I yeah. know where I'm going. Um, so yeah, the, the kind of overarching phrase is, is, is packaging. So, you know, think about how you're going to package the video, not just the video itself. Obviously the video is also important stuff like, you know, average view duration, making sure you're, you know, continually hooking the viewer and just, you're not, not dragging stuff out. You really want to, um, keep things, you know, concise. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, packaging, very, yeah. very important. Love so. it, dude. That, that's, that's fantastic advice. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. On that note, like if you if you were, I know again, some a lot of this is 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 really up to the algorithm, but if you were trying like really hard to get a million views on one of your videos like today, what mm -hmm. would you what would you do like walk us through just i don't know like a minute uh, like a soup to nuts like you're trying to get to a million views of an of an airbnb mm -hmm. uh uh cabin tour what what, what would you I do i would say uh 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good question. I would say it's really going to come down to the Airbnb itself. Um, yeah. the actual selection of the Airbnb, um, even if I still do all those things that I just mentioned, but maybe it's still like, a even if the interior is amazing, but like the exterior the, is, is just kind of, you know, subpar, not as exciting, uh, it may not perform as well. So, um, so pick a honestly, great Airbnb, it, pick a, like a really good looking Airbnb. That's step one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically picking a really, really crazy good uh Airbnb that's different, that's unique, um, maybe a different twist than you know I haven't shot before. Uh there's one that comes to mind that I couldn't quite get out to yet uh in Canada on my last trip, but it was like a container home, like tower, basically. It was oh, just like, like I've seen were, a like, couple inverted. of inverted. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. like pretty. I shot one in like Texas before. This one particularly was was pretty wild. But um, going back to making it viral also is uh is the thumbnails. Um, it has to like contrast. So what I mean by that more is if say um the Airbnb is painted green and then it's surrounded by a bunch of green trees all in the background. It's like gonna blend in like completely. Mm. It's not gonna pop against the background. Ah. Um, so that's kind of something else I look for. Um, I also have a list of certain colors to avoid. <laughs> I've learned the hard way. It's kind of funny. What are what are what are a sure couple? Whatever. What are a couple colors to avoid? It's Can't all right. Say. It's all right. You're gonna, gonna offend people. All right, people all are gonna right, get offended right. no matter what you say. It's it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Okay. I don't know why, but for some reason, white Airbnbs do not do as good on my channel. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's, I, I guess it's, uh, again, definitely comes down to the contrast thing. Uh, so unless there's like a really, really stark, like black or like really dark background, um, they just, for some reason, after a while, cause like I shot, I shot a couple of amazing, I was just like, this has to do really well. Yeah. And then I shot like five white ones in a row. And then one of my YouTube friends was just like, I think it's because it's white. I was like, huh. <laughs> So like, I can't say like a hundred percent, but like of I course. have enough data. I'm like pretty sure that's at least somewhat Some, of a yeah. factor. Interesting. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, uh, talk, talk to us about, um, as much as you can, um, about sort of like the, <laughs> the, the, the business of all of this. Like, so, so you, you mm -hmm. are going out, you're staying at these places for free. You're obviously sort of monetizing through, um, through YouTube ads what and then you're you know some of these people that you go out and shoot they end up hiring you to do some some marketing for them like is that is yeah. that kind of like the business in and of itself are there are there other revenue streams sort of that, that you've baked in here or or how else are, mm -hmm. how else are you making money yeah yeah so so basically my three main income sources i'd say like in order um is yes yeah, definitely the agency still so the actual marketing that um i, I still do to this day i really like that model as well because i'm all about monthly recurring revenue yep because a lot of other business models out there uh photographers will just go and shoot like once and they get paid whatever a thousand two thousand dollars and then they're done yep. you know i mean sure you can come back maybe twice a year seasonal like that's cool um but once i lock in a client and um like my clients tend to stick around like i have a nice client retention, I can count on like, Hey, for like at least a year or two, I'm going to be, you know, making this, this amount. So, um, that's why I love the agency model. Um, and, uh, so that, that's the biggest one. And do uh, you have anyone that is... helps you with that? Or are you just, are you kind of like a one man agency? Yes. Oh no. no, no. Okay. So um, I'll, uh, I'll break down my team for you. Uh, when I finish this, this income yeah, part, yeah, yeah. but Go oh ahead. no, I, I would have, I would have quit burnt out like <laughs> basically the first six months if I didn't have a team on me. Nah, it's impossible. Uh, but uh, yeah, industry number two is, is then, yeah, YouTube. So YouTube AdSense, any brand deals. Um, I have a manager, um, uh, Levi and I actually share the same manager. It's kind of funny. Um, I, uh, I I got him first and then I was like talking to him. I was like, what if you get Levi too? You just like dominate the Airbnb <laughs> brand deal space. So we had this 
this one guy, Zach, shout out to Zach. He's a, I love that dude. Um, so he great gets name, us great name. brand deals. So yeah. yes, love it. Very, <laughs> which also is the name of my YouTube editor, by the way. No so way. my manager and my editor and you are all called Zach. Jeez, so, there must be a, great, something great about name. Zach's and Airbnbs. I don't know, man, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. So, um, but yeah, and then uh, the other one is uh, is definitely um, consulting. So yep. I do do some. It's a slight kind of different model from my my agency. That's just um, I have like two big uh, consulting clients now. One's like a cabin kit prefab company uh, called Den Outdoors. I'm oh, sure some of you dude. guys have heard of them. Yeah, 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 they're amazing, dude. I I've looked at like buying some of uh, one of their cabins for this place in like the Shenandoah that I don't own yet, but aspire to own one day. Nice. Um, yeah, they're, they're amazing, dude. Their, their content is, is, is fire. Yeah. It's because I help it. So I, yeah, I help it. I know. It's, it's all so about fire. you, Mike. It's all, okay. it's all because of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I kid, no, they, they, they have an exceptional no, but brand. I, uh, yeah, no, their designs are insane. Um, so, uh, I help run their YouTube channel. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, just great team. Um, uh, the founder, Mike, like literally started this thing, like from his like dining room table at the start of the, the pandemic. And now they've, you know, they're, they're crushing it. So really like cool to see how far they've come. Um, so I kind of like help them. I have a couple other like kind of travel brands and in, in, in here and there. Um, so that's the three current ones. Um, and then I'm definitely, definitely looking into getting my own uh, Airbnbs myself as I would love to be a host. Um, so kind of building my own real estate empire is, is kind of next in the in the works. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Oh gosh, I, I love it. I love it. Do you... um be honest, like how much are you, how much do you like work in a week? Like, are you, are you like constantly like grinding or do you feel like, like, are you able to like enjoy any of your travels or is it just like, go, 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 <laughs> like, you know, sleep, sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. So I work way too much. Yeah. Um, I am, uh, I have basically next to no, uh, work-life balance. I was like, <laughs> looking at your question. You're like, it was, it was like, what do you do at 5 PM on a Friday? I'm like, well, if I'm being honest, I'm still working probably. But yeah. <laughs> it's not to like that, but, um, no, I, I work way too freaking much. Um, like I do love what I do, but, uh, yeah, sometimes it definitely, uh, is, is overwhelming. That's for sure. I mean, that comes down to keep, you know, building my team, um, which has definitely helped. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, when I'm actually on the trips themselves, like, am I enjoying it? Um, I'll be honest, it's it's declined over time. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. shot now almost 200 Airbnb tour. I was just talking to Levi about this like really yesterday. Um, once you've been doing it for so long, you know, it's it just it kind of it gets to you. And I think especially too, like I uh, I burnt out pretty hard uh in, in Canada. I shot literally 50 videos in like Jeez. about two months. Jeez, um, dude. yeah, I, uh, I really pushed myself way too hard. I was trying to upload twice per week, uh, for all the last three months of 2022, which I did end up doing, but like barely. Um, and so I was like uploading twice per week and I was shooting, uh, like basically every day. It was like mostly one night stays. I would, you know, go and shoot on top of it. It was, it was too much. So, um, so I definitely, that's kind of a reason why I'm setting down more routes here in Mexico city. I mean, obviously I'm still going to be shooting videos and stuff like that. Um, but trying to just first and foremost, establish a better routine and just take care of myself yeah. more. Yeah. Um, cause like, it's just, it was not sustainable what I was doing last year. So, um, that's yeah. kind of, that's where I'm at right now. Definitely have to fix some things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Jeez, dude. That's uh, yeah, that's a lot. A uh, couple final questions for you. Oh, actually, your your team. You were going to tell us a little bit about your the ah. makeup of your team. Yes. Yeah, sorry. So, um, yeah, I have 
four people now, all like kind of part-time freelancer. Um, one that's most relevant is my YouTube editor. So again, Zach, um, he's awesome. He's been with me for about two years now. I think I edited my first, like, I have about almost 200 videos on my channel. I okay. think I edited about the first 75, 100, and then he's done the, the last half. So kind of 50, 50 at this point. Um, but yeah, I found him uh, through Upwork. Um, I love Upwork. I found all my people through there. Um, that's where I even do some of my own consulting work. Um, so I found him through there after a couple other editors, a lot of trial and error. He just like found my style very quickly and just like super easy, great system we have going on. So, so that's my editor. Um, and I have a, uh, I have a uh, Aubrey and she basically um, helps a lot with my agency. Okay. Um, she basically runs my agency, you know, part-time does a lot of the nitty gritty, like social media stuff, the actual posting, the management, um, uh, all that fun stuff. She also the agency a lot, um, which is really crucial as I just, I could not run like what, like, like three businesses all yeah, myself all at, at the same yeah. time. Impossible. Um, so I have that. And then I have, um, uh, two other guys uh, who are helping with like thumbnails and like photo editing as nice. well. Cause that's the other thing too. Um, you know, I, uh, I also, you know, take some photos of these places and I promise host photos. So, um, and I just, I just don't have that time to edit either. <laughs> so I just, I try to outsource as much as I can. Um, so just, I, there's not enough hours in a day. If I didn't have these people to help me, just, it would be impossible. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Four people. Wow. Dude, mm -hmm. that's, that is, that is amazing. And, and how old are you? I'm a 26, 26 years old. And you've got these four cool businesses that have a lot of like cool, like, you know, synergies, but are also like distinct in and of themselves. Um, this is, mm -hmm. this is awesome, dude. I, I, I love Thank folks you. like you. Um, honestly, I am su super thankful for what you're doing. I've really enjoyed your content. I think that, um, there's a plethora of opportunity in this space. I think what you and, and, and Levi and others are doing, um, is like Ethan, who we've had on the show, John cry. I don't know if you've met John cry too. I feel like he's a little bit yeah, newer. Yeah. His I haven't stuff met him, is but we chatted a lot. Yeah. Super yeah. cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. Really um, talented. And so I just, I, I am selfishly just like excited to have had this time to, to get to know you a little bit. Um, my, my last question yeah. for you, man, is a lot of the folks who are tuning into this conversation, they're short-term rental hosts. Many of them like are, you know, identify as, as entrepreneurs. They, they, again, they want to do more than just host. They want to build businesses. They want to build like boutique hospitality brands. Uh, I, I'm curious, mm -hmm. like what sort of hot takes or, or even like warm takes do, do you have <laughs> on like the future of travel or, or hospitality and or any other sort of like mm -hmm. parting, you know, words of wisdom for, for this audience? Yeah, I think so. Um, I just kind of keep focusing on the Airbnb stuff. And part of this is just like my opinions. The other part is I actually just got back from an Airbnb conference uh, in Houston, like yesterday, two days ago, Okay. Um, called HostCon. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you heard of, a, you heard of a guy called Rob Bilt, a uh, big YouTuber. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, oh, is HostCon his event? Uh, it's his event. Oh, yeah. dang. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I didn't even know about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he crushed it Any, anyways. Um, but they're like 400, uh, 400 Airbnb hosts, investors, um, all these people, you know, like your listeners, probably some of them are there. Um, and the, one of the biggest, uh, probably two biggest takeaways that, um, that, that I, I would say. So one, um, again, we are, you know, basically out of the, the COVID stretch, you know, I would say hopefully at the, at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not 20, you know, 20, 2021 anymore where we just, you know, kind of toss the listing up. Everybody wants to come all that as, you know, Vegas and Rome and Paris, like all those places are open again. You know, people are kind of, uh, you know, going back to those, um, the previous destinations. Yeah. So a lot of the things we're talking about there is like the bottom 
50% of hosts are going to drop out. Yep. Um, in other words, you really need to continue to elevate your listings. You need to do the professional photos. You need to have, you need to be unique. Um, I met a lot of people there who, you know, again, you got to start somewhere. I totally respect that, but where you're really going to scale, you're really going to build a brand. So if you build a unique property, if you build that cool container home or tree house or a frame or something, a lot of ones I met were just like, you know, apartments and homes and stuff. Yep. Um, so, um, really kind of getting there. And again, just I'll double down on the direct booking stuff. Um, you really, really need to, I love what you said too. Don't think of it just as like an Airbnb or a collection. Think of it as a business. Yeah. It's, it, it's bigger than just a property. I mean, there's so many different ways you can monetize um, this thing. There's another really talented guy there who gave a talk, uh, Kai Andrews, uh, about land hacking, about all the different ways you can monetize your your listings beyond just like a pure, you know, vacation rental. So there's so much opportunity there, but you really just need to kind of zoom out more, think of it as a business, and uh, and yeah, man, you just got to keep uh, taking things to the next level, pretty much. So. Yeah. Mike, this has been awesome, dude. I really appreciate your time. Thank you again for everything that you're doing in the space. Uh, we'll have links to your YouTube, your Instagram, all that fun stuff in the show notes below. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.